Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. So, anyway, if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Daniel chapter 11. Daniel chapter 11. We got any, is there anybody here watching online? Now, if you raise your hand online, I ain't going to be able to see you, but I know you're out there. Uh, we got any bull riders in here? Oh, we got one, John. I love you, John. And everything I say today is in jest. <laughs> Don't take offense at it. But, no, bull riding is one of my favorite uh favorite events um i grew up going to uh the pecos rodeo in pecos texas home of the world's first rodeo you might have heard differently it's okay to be wrong but um anyway pecos texas is home of the world's first rodeo and, and way back in its heyday in the lane frost and tough heatman and uh you know uh sharp and and mark kane and 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 uh scott my, my friend scott mendez um there during that heyday at the pecos rodeo they had two sections of bull riding you wanted to be, and, and they, they were smart because they wanted you to be there at the beginning and then the last section was at the end. So, they, so you know, you had, to, you had to watch the team ropers and the calf ropers and everything, but it was, it was bull riding was first. And I, and I absolutely loved it. And, you know, what, what a great sport bull riding is because um, in the grand scheme of things, what other event, now, now I'm not saying, you know, I'm more of a saddle bronc and bareback type guy myself as far as doing it. But what other sport can, can you, does somebody tie themselves to a, a, a one-ton animal that wants to stomp their guts out? You know what I mean? So it's exciting. It's danger-filled. I mean, think about it. Cheyenne Frontier Days just got over. That's, that's where Lane Frost was killed, you know? I mean, it, it really is. When those guys tie on to that animal, they, they, never, know, uh, they never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I love how tough these cowboys are because, I mean, my gosh, it's one thing to get tackled in football with a bunch of pads on. You know, a lot of these cowboys, I mean, they just get pile-drived. I mean, just bam, and then the bull comes around and steps on them, and they jump up like it's no big deal, and they run over to the side. And, you know, hey, that was, you know, and, and then later on in the back, you know, when the girls are around, they're like, oh. Oh, not really, I'm joking. It's a great sport. It's a great sport. Uh, what other sport do you see where speed, agility, and strength can mean the difference in life and death? And, I mean, it, it really is. I mean, my, my little sister's dating a, a bull rider, and, and he's a, he, yeah, uh, he's, what'd you say? Yeah, I know. He, you know, she's a weatherby. She's not that bright. But, anyway, uh, uh, but she's real pretty. <laughs> see what I got there? And, um, but, anyway, you know uh, the the strength and the speed and the agility of these guys is is, is just phenomenal, and not just them. Th their partner in the ride, the bull, too. I mean, my gosh, something with that weighs that much and and that that can move that fast. And, and I think probably the the main thing that I like about bull riding is is that the gladiators, and that's kind of what I look at them as 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 a gladiator. Man, I think there's a common misconception in the world. That, that bull riders are like my size, that they're like six foot four, 250. They're not. They're not six foot four, 250. I mean, you walk up to these professional uh, bull riders, and I mean, they're like five, seven, 130 pounds, right? And they're, you're that guy off of TV? <laughs> yeah, you know? 
well, I just got, got on him, and I just slide and ride, and, you know, they all got high voices, it seems like, and I love it. I love the fact that it shows that you don't have to be this big, muscled-up dude like me to be a hero, you know what I mean? And so, you know, th- those, are, those bull riders, man, I, I think they got four things, okay, that, that just, and I don't want to say separates, that they rise above. I'm just saying separate themselves as one of the greatest sports in the nation is, is, is that these guys have power. These guys have focus. These guys have a, a purpose, and they have a plan to achieve all of these things. And, and, and I love that. But, but see, those are for bull riders, okay? Now, unfortunately, before you become a bull rider, you gotta get you got to become a bull-getter-honor, okay? you you got to be a bull-getter-honor before you're a bull rider. And once you become a bull-getter-honor, you got to overcome being a bull-faller-offer. Okay, because I see, you know, nowadays, especially with the PBR, there, there, there's a there's a group of guys out there that probably need to hit the practice pen a little, little, little more than they hit the rodeos. Because you know, anymore, man, to see a, a qualified ride is phenomenal. Of course, I know that the bucking stock is a lot better, so I, I'm not necessarily criticizing those guys. But there is something I got to go to the Calhan Rodeo at the El Paso County Fairgrounds and do the prayer at the opening night of the rodeo. And if you have never been behind the bucking chutes at a rodeo when bull riders are getting ready, it is a phenomenal display of a lot of different things. And um, so I, I was doing the prayer, and so, you know, as they were doing all of this other stuff, I was standing up outside the announcer's box. There was a little platform up there, and I was trying to stay out of the way of all the people inside. And so I had a bird's eye view of everything that was going on. And, and, you know, typically you can tell a bull rider from a bull getter honor and a bull follower offer by, by the way they conduct themselves behind the chutes because the bull getter honors and the bull follower offers, you know, they're, they're back there and, and, it, and they're making sure everybody's watching. And, I mean, they're rosining up their ropes and they're looking around. And, you know, when those girls walk by in the, you know, their little shorts or little skirts and they're, their boots and their little fancy tops and they look cute and everything you know they, they these guys will puff their chest out and, and they've got like this bull riding calisthenics I've, i don't know where you go to school for bull riding calisthenics maybe john can tell me later but anyway they they've got this display okay and, and they do these stretches where they they, they kind of like they're riding you know and boy they'll throw their arm over you know when that bull's going to go into a spin and They'll do this right here, and then they'll practice spurring. And, and, I mean, it's a wonder they don't kill somebody back there. I mean, the old shaps are flying out, and, and I'm sorry, but the only thing I can really picture when they got their shaps on and everything, you ever seen a peacock strut around? That, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And, you know, they're always looking around, you know, when they get done. They, they act like they're stretching, but really they're looking to see who's watching. And, and, you know, the guy that usually wins it is the one usually over there just sitting there watching all this take place. He's been there. He's done it. He's already, he's already done the focusing. He's already done the preparation. He's already done everything he needs to do. And so this one fella, and he was new. He didn't know. Man, the only reason I can stand up here and say this is because I've been there, and I, I've done some of that stuff. But this, this fella, his bull was one of the first ones in. So he jumps up on the little platform behind the, behind the chute, and he goes to doing his calisthenics up there, you know. Now he's not just on the ground, but he's up here where everybody can see him, and there's, by this time, man, there's people behind the bucking chutes. There's lots of girls, and they're all 
kind of googly-eyed over these bull riders. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, so he's up there on the little platform doing his cowboy calisthenics, his bull riding calisthenics. And so he puts his bull rope on, and then he needs to do some more. And he grabs a hold of the top rail, right? And he starts doing this right here, you know, just really stretching out those those glutes and those hamstrings and pigging strings or what, what. I don't know what they have. Anyway, and so anyway, he leans way far back to get a good old stretch in, and his hand slips off the rail. This guy fell all the way off that platform and landed on his head. Oh my gosh. Everybody went, <gasps> and I went, now you're ready to ride? <laughs> and guess what he did? He went out there, let's go boy, let's go boy, and he did exactly that, right in the chute. And then got up all mad, oh golly. Oh, come on. You know, there is a difference in having power and purpose and a plan and focus on what you're trying to do because see I, I think that some of the people don't understand of, of what they're trying to accomplish and they go in here and, and they do stuff for for the fame and to make sure people are looking at them you know uh, neon shaps under the big lights your name and hometown being called out over the loudspeakers cheering crowds cute girls and cut off jeans Slapping yourself on the face before you ride, you know, all this flattery, all that pride, all that attention seeking, they don't make you strong. That don't make you strong. As a matter of fact, it makes you fall off. Daniel 11.32 reminds us of that. Daniel 11.32 says, uh, he will flatter and win over those who have violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. You see what, see what it's saying there? He will flatter those who have violated the covenant, but, so, so anytime he uses the word but, he, he's, he's saying that this is a contrast. He says he will flatter those and flatter and win over those who have already violated the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Man, I don't, I don't know about y'all, man, but, but when I read in my Bible where it says those that know God will be strong and do great exploits, I'm like, I want me some of that right there. That, that sounds good to me. That's what, you know, people have this view of Christianity that we're all supposed to put on, you know, bathrobes and shave our heads and go hand out Bible tracts at the airport or something, just be nice and kind of let people kick, you know, sand in our face and we just going to, oh, we love you. No, no, no. This is what Christianity is about right here. But the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. That's what Christianity is about right there. So how, how, how do we do that? Does it say that those who are strong will do this? The way to be strong is this, 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 then this. Those that can, can bench press the most, those that can rope the best, those that, those that are coordinated can do good. No, it, it gives us one way to be strong. Only one place does true strength come from. And the Bible is clear when it says, but the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Those people that know God. How to be strong, know God. Four things. When you know God, you have power. When you know God, you have power. Now, where does that power come from? That power comes from faith. You know, that, that, that power that I'm talking about, that faith, Faith is the conduit through which God pow God's power flows to us. You know, that, that same faith 
uh, uh, Pete, he, he called out to Jesus when Jesus was walking on the water, and he says, hey, if that's really you, call to me, and I'll come out there to you. And Jesus said, well, come on. Come on, cowboy. So Pete, he climbs out of the boat, and he's walking on the wind and the or he's walking on the water, and then he starts looking around, and he realizes what he's doing, and he gets scared, and he starts saying, hey, help me, Jesus. And so Jesus is like, oh, come on. Let me help you up. And he's, oh, you have little faith. Man, faith is so powerful that, that if God leads you to do it and calls you out of the boat, you can walk on water. This same faith healed people with leprosy and, and healed the blind and, 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 and made, the, made the deaf where they could hear. And Jesus always said, man, your faith has healed you. This power is through your faith. It comes from God. It doesn't come from us. But, it, but that power is available to us through our faith. And you, and you know what's, what's really cool? Listen to this right here. Listen. He said, Jesus did. He said, people were amazed. They're like, I can't believe this great stuff you're doing, these miracles, man. You're walking on water. You're, you're healing the blind and healing the deaf. And people that are lame, paralyzed, can walk again. And you're bringing the dead back to life. And Jesus said, shoot, that ain't nothing. He said, well, I'm fixing to leave here. And when I leave here, y'all are going to do greater things than these. Those who know God will be strong and do great exploits. This power is available, and it's not just available to preachers. As a matter of fact, it's probably more available to y'all. But yet, we walk around feeling weak and, 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 and insecure and everything when this great power, God's power himself, is, is trying to send us down there. And it's just you just got to have faith that that is available to you. That whenever you're doing what God called you to do, that, that you can call on that power and you probably don't even have to call on it. God's already sent it to you. Faith is the conduit for God's power to flow. To do great exploits, you must have the power. You ain't going to be able to do it on your own, cowboys. You may think that you're good and you've been working hard and in the practice pen and everything, but when it comes to the things that matter in life, you are not going to be able to do it on your own. you got to have faith that God is going to do it through you. And that faith, that conduit is the pipe through which that flows. If you just got a little bit of faith, you ain't gonna, you're only going to have a little bit of power. You get that, you start growing that faith. Start growing it, man. More power is available to you to do God's will. Not yours. Don't make, don't make that mistake. See, the other side of that, when you start thinking that God's power is available for you to use for what your own wants, needs, and desires, that's that fame. That's that, that's that neon shaps, your name being called over the loudspeakers. Be a Christian faller offer. See them all the time, unfortunately. I see them all the time. People, yeah, yeah, I want to be a Christian. And the first time something happens, man, they fall down. The second thing is, when you know God, you have focus. You have focus. You know, when Pete was walking on that water, as long as he kept his eyes on Christ, when he kept his, his eyes on Jesus, when he kept his eyes on the man, the only man that could save him, man, he was walking on water. But as soon as he took his eyes off, man, he started to sink. And a lot of us, me included, here lately, I've been starting to sink because I started looking at other things. I started keeping my eyes on everything except the man, except my God, and I started to sink. But I know God is going to reach down and grab me. He's going to pull me up, and he's doing that today, and I know he's doing that this morning with you. Because, see, with power comes focus, and to have focus, you got to have hope. you got to have hope. Hope is our focus. Hope is the knowledge that our victory is assured. Hope means it don't matter what the battle is going on around you. It don't matter how many bombs are going off. It don't matter how many people are screaming in your ear. Or, or like uh, 
if you ever ride with me in Denver, people honk and wave a lot at me. So it don't matter how many people are honking and, and waving at me. You know, our, our victory is assured. Hope is the ability to focus on the prize that awaits us instead of the problem that comes against us. Think about that. What is the prize that we're striving after? I mean, here, here a couple of weeks ago, we did a deal. You can go on SaveTheCowboy.com, click on previous clinics, and go watch it. It's called uh, The Buckles. You know, the Bible says that there's five, five crowns. Well, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know how good I'd look in a crown, but, you know, five buckles that we get. Well, th those are prizes, but the, very, the main prize that I'm striving for is that when I, when I follow God and, and he gives me that power and my focus is on him, that the power that is, comes to me, the prize that I am searching after is one day I'm going to get to see Jesus face to face. I'm going to get to see him face to face. And the prize that I am looking after is for him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because he's either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Or he's going to say, get away from me, for I knew you not. Which one is it going to be for you? It's only one of those two. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you want it to be. I don't care how many back doors that people try to sneak through. There's only going to be one of two outcomes. He's either going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, or he's going to say, get away from me, for I knew you not. That's the prize I'm looking for. I want him to say that so I can walk in and I can hang out with Jesus, so I can see God with my own eyes, so that I can be raised up in perfection. That's what I'm striving for, and that's what my focus is on. And if, my, if, if your focus is not on that, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. We gotta, we gotta have that power that comes from God, but we also have to have that focus, that hope that God is who He says He is, and things are gonna work out the way He says that they will work out. To do great exploits, you must have power that comes from faith. To do great exploits, you're gonna have to have focus, which is hope. When you know God, you're also gonna have purpose. You're also going to have purpose. Now, what, what is our purpose? You know, think about this. A lot of times people say, well, I just don't know what God wants me to do. And you know what? I have been guilty of that myself, of, of going, ah, oh, God, you know, well, what, what do you want me to do? And, and, and I think that really when, whenever we, we, we struggle around and everything and we're trying to do all of these things that God hasn't called us to do, it's kind of like whenever we're doing the old bull riding calisthenics. You know, we're throwing our hands over and, you know, doing this, looking real busy and not doing nothing. That's what it's like. But see, we do have a purpose. See, in the New Testament, where, where it talks about Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the story of Jesus, he actually says at one time, he said, a new command I give you. That means that it hadn't been said before. He's coming right out and he's saying, a new command I give you. And you know what he said? Love each other. Love each other. When people say, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Cowboys, cowgirls, I'm telling you right now, that's what God wants you to do. Love each other. You know what? I don't care if that's all you do. The rest of your stinking life is love on others. You are doing it right. There is nothing greater that God will ever call you to do. I guarantee you, if he allows me to preach in front of 10,000 people, a million people, whatever, it will never be greater than when I love on somebody else. That's what it's all about. That is our purpose. Love is what separates us. Love is what separates us. You know, Jesus said, you will know, they will know that you are my disciples by how you love each other. You know, it's an unfortunate, unfortunate, true statement that Gandhi made that said, I love your Christ, but I don't know why 
people call themselves Christians when they don't act like him. Think about that. Man, we, we, we need to, you know, Ty kind of talked about that. We need to do what Christ did. We can't ever be him, but we can do some of the things that he did. And we're going to call on that power, and we're going to have focus that we're looking at his example, and we're going to love other people. Love is what separates us. Love is what distinguishes us. Love is what guides us. Man, if you're, if you're, you know, you're kind of unsure of, of what to do, man, what would love do? What would love do? And I guarantee you, man, it, it ain't, it, it, that's the hard road. I mean, I think that a lot of times we come to that fork in the road, man. We see this nice, smooth interstate with McDonald's and Burger Kings and, and, and Whataburgers. If you don't know what a Whataburger is, come with me and we'll baptize you and, and, and get you right with God. And, and uh, you know, that, that's what we want to choose. And we look over here to the right, man, there are big old deep canyons and, and cactus and everything. Man, it's kind of the harder way to love. And a lot of people say, well, I, you know, I love these guys that love me. Jesus said, don't just love those that love you. Even sinners can do that. Love those that don't love you. To do great exploits, you must have a purpose, and that purpose is love. To do great exploits, you must have focus, and that focus should be on hope and on Jesus Christ. And to do great exploits, you must have power, and that power comes through faith in God. And the last thing, you know, a lot of you, I think, you know, I've seen, I've seen some people, you know, I, I, love, I love Carol and, and Connie because you can always see them writing, right? They're writing down what, what God is talking to them about. And, um, you know, I, I know some of you have been taking some mental notes, and you're like, faith, man, I, I got that. And then they say, I got focus. And then they're like, love, man, I, I, I love people. Well, if it's going to get a little rough, okay, because, you know, to know God, you have power, have focus, which is hope, have a purpose, which is love, but we need to have a plan. You know, and a plan isn't accomplished in one day. You know what that plan is executed through? patience uh, yeah like ty said dang it i was doing good and, and i'm telling you man I, i've been doing pretty good i've i might have had a kind of some hazy check marks but some check marks but man you, you get to this point right here and and patience is our plan see patience is the attitude of a winner patience is the attitude of a winner anybody can just jump to a you know jump to a conclusion spout off at the mouth and run off and rah, rah, yeah. no 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 you want to do great exploits you better have patience and if you have patience, you're going to be a winner. Patience is not waiting. It is not rushing. There's a difference. Patience is not waiting. It's not rushing. See, patience is the center of the warrior. Patience is the center of a warrior. Patience is not inaction, but the most diligent of actions. Think about that. It's a paradigm shift in the way we think about patience. Patience isn't inaction. It is the most diligent of actions. So wait on God. Patience is the will of the wise. Patience is the will of the wise. Patience doesn't mean wait on a plan. Patience is the plan. You know, not, uh, j just earlier this week, some of you might have seen on Facebook, it was on my personal page, but I, I was kind of freaking out about some stuff, and I was like, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And, and maybe not what do you want me to do, but, you know, just like some decisions that I had to make, right? And, and I didn't know, should I go left or should I go right? And, you know, and I'm, I'm doing it all out of love, and I'm having faith, and I've got focus, and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't, what, what do I do right now? And, and God said, well, if you don't know which road to take, why don't you just try and relax? whoa wait a minute patience doesn't mean wait on a plan patience is a plan relax you know we th th this is not a sprint you know I, I was talking to a lady that was in the army and she said that that she had never really been a runner and, and she joined the army and they had to run two miles well she had never run 
one lap, much less two miles, and they got on this track. And so they told her to run two miles, so she just took off at a dead run. Never run before in her life. She goes, I got about halfway through. And was like, I can't make it. I got seven and a half more of these things to do. People, Christianity is a marathon, okay? And, and the two worst mistakes that you can make is to say, is to rush into things or quit, you know? I mean, th- things are hard. And, and it's not, you're not going to accomplish anything overnight, but quitting ain't going to make it come faster. So we don't rush, but we don't quit. To do great exploits, you must have patience. Patience is the plan. Faith is the power. Hope is the focus. Love is the purpose. And patience is the plan. You want to do something for God, you go home and you institute these in your life. And I, and I love what a guy told me this morning. And, and he was talking about his nephew was, was in the war and was a ranger or something like that. And, and they, he said, well, how, how did everything go? And he goes, good. We had to go over there and show them what was right. <laughs> Man, you want to do something for God? Go home and show people what's right. And I ain't talking about beating everybody. You prove it by your actions, not your words. Go home and show them what's right. Go out into your communities and show them what's right. Go out into the pastures and show them what's right. Go into your workplace and show them what's right. When you drive down the road, show them what's right. That's an awesome motto to live by. Go out and show them what's right. So, one final thing. We've talked about those who know God are strong and will do great exploits. What are they? What are they? Well, if you go back in Daniel, Daniel was written in Hebrew, okay? That was the language of the Israelites. It was written in Hebrew. And if you go look at these different English translations, they all kind of say the same thing in different words. Here's some other the, the, the great exploits as the New King James and the King James uses. Here's some other versions of that. To fight back. To resist. To stand firm and take action. To display strength. Act valiantly. Act valiantly. That's what Daniel's words, or the Holy Spirit's words through Daniel is saying. Those who are strong know God and do great exploits. These are the great exploits. But who are we fighting against? Who are we resisting? Who are we standing firm and taking action against, displaying strength and acting valiantly? It's that little thing inside of us that the devil likes to grow. That part of us, that flattery and fame and the pursuit of money. That part of us in there that the devil speaks to and it's our pride. That's what the great exploit is. It's not a fight against the person sitting next to you. It's that battle that goes on inside about who, is God, who God has called us to be. Who are we fighting against? We're fighting against the devil and ourselves. Are you going to be a follower offer just to get her on her? Or are you going to be a rider for the brand, a rider for Jesus Christ? When you get up there, every single one of you is going to meet him face to face and ain't going to be there to hold your hand. You're going to have to talk to him face to face. What will he tell you? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Or is he going to say, get away from me for I knew you not. See, we've got a battle to fight. We've got a ride to make. And whatever you do, you've got power. You've got focus. You've got a plan. You've got a purpose. Whatever you do, don't fail. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I can sense that you are moving in the, that person's life right now. You know, they're, they're trying to kind of keep it bottled in and not let anybody see it. But, God, you are speaking right to them today. Not the one next to them or in front or behind or next door. You are speaking to the one that's listening right now. Let them grab a hold of your power, focus, and purpose, and plan so that they may resist the world, the devil, and the pride within themselves. This isn't a game or a sport. It's a real life with eternal life or eternal suffering at stake. In our sin, we deserve eternal suffering, but with our faith in Jesus Christ, we have chosen eternal life. Now, let us go to war, and it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to Israel again. We went uh, last January, a year ago, January in 2016. 
and we're going to go in February of 2018. Uh, we have the same tour guide that we had. They, he started his own company called Biblical Journeys, and um, we're going to go for nine days. Last time we were there, I think 10, if I'm, mistake, if I'm not mistaken. We'll travel two days and then be in Israel for seven days. It, it's going to be phenomenal. It, it runs about $3,500. Look, you're going to spend it on something else. You're going you're gonna to spend that money. If you don't spend it on this, you're going to spend it on something else. Spend it on something that will change your life because you will get to stand in the very spots where Jesus stood. You're going to get to put your hand on the water that Jesus walked on, that Peter walked on. You are going to get to put your hand on the stone where they laid Jesus to clean him up after he was crucified you're going to get to walk in and see the manger where they laid jesus in a manger you're going to get to see all this it will it will change your life it will change how you read the bible i cannot think of a cheaper way to grow your faith and grow your knowledge than to walk in those footsteps of jesus and walk down that path that he had to carry that cross it is going to be amazing please get with me afterwards i'll get you the information and um you know, you, you, you either make the decision or later on you're going to go, ah, I don't know about that. You're going to talk yourself out of it. Man, if God's speaking to you, I want you to go. Plus, me and Ty, we're a lot of fun. <laughs> Especially when we watch Ty eat shawarma, okay? <laughs> yeah, don't eat. Well, don't, we won't tell them that. We want them to eat it. We want to watch them. So anyway, I hope to see you all again next week, and I hope you go to Israel, and I hope you support us in our shoot. Thank you all. We love you.